0: Good morning, saints. You know, it's not always easy. I know from time to time I'm asked by Pastor John to either share a message on offering, but I think this is a holy place. It's not always easy. I think you'll agree with me. It's not always easy to stand in front of, of the saints and holy people and share the word because these are issues of life. You know, when we share the word of God, we're not standing as politicians or we're not standing as scholars we share sharing something that imparts life to people. And therefore, we are going to start with the word of prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Your word is infallible. Your word is life. Your word is important in our lives. For by your word, Lord, you created the heavens and the earth. For by your word, you sustain all things. For by your word, Lord, we live. For in you we live and move, O God, and have our being. And Father, today, even as we minister your word, we don't minister it from an intellect point of view, from an intelligence point of view, because Paul did say, when I came unto you, I did not come to you with persuasive words and wisdom of men. But I came to you in demonstration of the power of God. Father, I'm an imperfect vessel, but I'm filled by the perfect Holy Spirit. And I am filled by God. And as we sit here sharing this truth, Lord, this is the truth that is perfecting us day by day. But one thing that we know is that we are sanctified by your truth and that we are holy because you are making us holy. Father, we thank you even as we listen to your word. This morning, we humble ourselves. And even like John, we say, let him increase that we may decrease. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Good morning once again, saints. I just want to share a subject that has been shared by the fathers of faith. Ray McCauley used to share it. He loved it. Ray McCauley, is it Kenneth Hagen? He loved the subject. Kenneth Copeland has shared about it. He loved the subject. I just thought we should, after all that we've been through, after the COVID and after all the battering, you know, we've been battered. We've been, a lot of things have happened in our lives. But one thing that we know is that his word is always true. And it's a subject that, like I said, has been shared by the fathers of faith. And fortunately, the men of the house that I want to acknowledge in his absence, the man of the house, our father, John Basaman, lives this. He will tell you that if he doesn't have it or if it hasn't gotten to a place where uh, the level of that particular aspect hasn't risen, he doesn't act on anything. And I want to share the subject that I'm sharing on or the issue that I'm sharing about is faith. But the subject will be the attributes of faith that there are a lot of saints, there are a lot of attributes of faith, but there is certain attributes of faith, that is, I was starting the word, and I was looking, that I would want to share with us this morning. So, as I say, that the subject is faith, but the, the message is entitled attributes of faith. So, I will write this word, faith, and what we are sharing about is the attributes. Those things that are in the word of God that consist and begged by scripture that consists, or that make up faith, or that tally up with faith. The word attributes from the dictionary, or the synonyms, it talks about features or qualities. So we are talking about qualities of faith, those things that are an embodiment of faith in the word of God. The first thing that I want to talk about, saints, is trusting. The word trusting is normally used by Christians, by us as children of God, as saints. It's used interchangeable with faith. But trust and faith are two different things. When you define faith, faith from the word, let's define faith, first of all, from Hebrews. He says uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. What is substance? Substance is something that is material. A matter or a constituent? So it's something that is material, something that you can hold or you may not hold. And when it, in science, we talk about a matter. A matter is something that will constitute an object, where it, from atoms to molecules up until a matter, whether it's something that you see or it's a virus. or it's a, So it's still a substance. It's a matter. It's something that can be touched. We have come from COVID. No one has ever seen the virus, but all of us. So, the effects of COVID. So, that virus was a matter. It was a substance. That was circulating on air. We saw ourselves putting uh, masks. Why? Because we didn't want that matter, that substance, to come into us and infect us. A number of us, twice I was infected with COVID. And we thank God, a number of us have lived until this day. So, that's the definition of substance. Evidence, we're talking about something that is a mark or indication or signal. I'm in a profession that deals with a lot of evidence. When the auditing world and the investigation world deals with evidence, whenever a client comes to me and the client says, we want you to do such kind of an investigation, one of the things that happen is we collect what is called evidence. Something that is a proof. When there is an allegation against Aunt Jenny, Auntie Jen is said to have done this. We have to prove or disapprove that based on, on evidence. So I'm simply defining these words, science. So faith is a substance of things. But I want to contrast faith as opposed to trusting. As I said, trusting saints is an attribute of faith, right? When we deal with faith, faith is a belief that is not based on proof, right? A belief with no supportive evidence, right? But trust is based on past experience. That's the difference. So when we trust God, we trust a God that we've never seen with our naked eyes. He tells us his word. We believe. But you'll see later on, I mean, as you, first of all comes faith, right? We believe God. I'll use an example. The first time that you fly you get into a plane, you are told that this giant thing will soar into the sky. You've never seen the credentials of the pilot. You are told that there is a pilot who's going to fly you. He's going to fly you this direction. You don't even know if you say that you are flying to the USA, you'll end up in the Vietnam. You don't know. You just have faith, right? But once you interact with the pilot, I mean you fly for the first time. The next time you interact with the pilot, you trust. You've got experience. You now know that this pilot is who that he says he is. First of all. Secondly, you know that he's got the credentials. Or he might show you the credentials to say, I'm a pilot, I've got sixteen thousand hours of flying. That's trust now. So, with God, is the same. I mean, if you look at the children of Israel, I'll use the children of Israel because we need to reference to the Bible as well. If you go to the children of Israel, the first time that they moved out of the land of Egypt, that involved faith, right? They had never seen God open, right? See? They have never seen God open the River Jordan. They had never seen that. So, that involved faith. That's why some of them were crying, they wanted to go and eat the cucumbers and the onions of Egypt. Why? Because they never, but what was required was a second attribute. After experiencing God, because if you read the Bible in the book of Exodus, Exodus 14, verse 30, it says, So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of Egyptians. And Israel saw Egyptians dead on the seashore. Now that's experience. Prior to that, God pushes them. You know, they are pushed to their limits. They've got the Egyptians coming on their side. They couldn't go to their right or their left because they were powerful armies. The only place that they could, God actually put them in a fix, so to say, such that the only place that they could, they were supposed to cross, was the Red Sea. And when they got there, they cried. But God, being God, was going to rest. And God understood initially. Because, you know, with your faith and trust, you develop. When they cried, God didn't really have a problem. But we'll see later on, God had a problem with them. Because, I mean, you can't really remain a baby for a long time. You've got to develop in your faith until you trust God. So it starts with faith. Because they didn't have evidence that the Red Sea would open. But later on, I underline this. Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. And he says, verse 31 says, Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to Joshua. Joshua 4, verses 4 and 7. They are given the same test. River Jordan may not be the same as the Red Sea. The Red Sea may be big, but it was equally, because the, the Bible actually says the river overflowed its banks. Now, it might have been one kilometer deep. And they are supposed to cross. And you know what God does? They cross the river Jordan. And God says to Joshua, Now Joshua, each and every tribe must collect a stone. And when you read the Bible again, it says, actually let's read. It says from Joshua 4 verses 4 to 7. It says, Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. Underline sign among you, right? When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over the Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Now that's where comes trust. You have experienced God. First time you believe God for something, it was faith. God has done it. You are trusting God for finances. You have had a reference point. God has done it. Next time you trust in God, it may be a big amount of money to come out of debt. But you have got a point of reference. And that now, where trust comes in. So that's the difference between the two. Thus the word of God will then go on to Proverbs 3 verse, verse 5 and says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. And one thing for sure, there is a scripture again, I think it's Jeremiah, where he says, Cursed is a man who trusts in men. And makes flesh his strength. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Saints, let me submit to you that the issues of faith and trusting God, God takes these things seriously. That's why the Bible goes and again to the book of Hebrews, the chapter that talks about faith, where you'll say, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you take these two verses. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And then he says, Cursed is any man. These are serious issues, saints. That being said, like I said, we have come out of COVID. And I'm glad, I mean, with the way the leader, the father of the house, has stayed the ship and has stayed this house called Airport Christian Fellowship. A lot of us have come out stronger because of the way that we have trusted God. We saw what happened to churches, and, but we remained steadfast. When we were shaken, we remained steadfast as a church. And Pastor John was testifying, he's proud of us, the saints, was testifying that even the finances were very good during covid That talks about us trusting God. Why? Because we have experienced his goodness. That's trust. Let me not take much of the time. The second issue that I want to talk about is attribute. The Bible says be still and know that I am God. What's the definition of still or being still? It means unmoving or tranquil. There is a scripture where Jesus says, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world does. You remember also there is a scripture that says, according to his divine power, he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, to the knowledge. One of the things that he has given us is peace. He even emphasizes, and says, my peace I give to you. Not as the world does. Which means that we've got this inner substance called peace. Which the world doesn't have. I mean, I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago and they were saying, there is somebody who is, because of COVID, who is refusing even to come out of their house. They are so scared. You know, we can take things for granted, but the person is refusing to come out of their house. They don't want because they are scared of what is happening. They still think, believe. And it's a mindset because the devil operates on fear. But God says, be still and know that I'm God. In the midst of anything, in the midst of financial chaos, in the midst of political chaos, in the midst of COVID chaos, he demands that we be unmovable. He demands that we be full of tranquility. And he is not really demanding that. He says, I've really given it to you. I've given it to you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world does. So the world will preach peace, but he has given us. And that keeps us. And since I want to submit to you, I don't want to use much of my testimonies. It's lovely to use testimonies, but I've had a situation recently where I've been doing work and I speak to a few people that I trust. I've spoken to Shireen. I've spoken to Pastor John. And I was saying to them, look, I've got a lot of business. God has been good. I've been busy. But the cash flow was, <laughs> was otherwise. I got a letter of demand from my children's school. I got a letter of demand of my, about my bond. But one thing, because I've experienced God, because of trust. I went and shared with Shireen because you know you need people to encourage you to. But by myself, I already have that because I have experienced and I know. Even when things were not, when they were sending, you know, <laughs> that letter, those phones. They are intimidating, very intimidating. It doesn't matter how much you have been in the Lord, when they phone you, Mr. Mklope, when are you going to give us? It's very intimidating. But I kept on trusting God because I've experienced, I have had experience. So it's faith, but also trusting God. And also, if my peace left me, I'll go up into the office and I say, God, you will do it. I'll be paid. And you know the way God works, because you do this project and you expect this will work out this way. Then I invoiced this lawyer that I'm working with. I invoiced him in the morning. An hour later, he paid my invoice. And I paid the school. I paid that bond. I'm up to date. Because of, not because of me, but because of who he is. Because he is faithful. And as I said, say, since I'm not sharing this so that, but I'm sharing so that I can encourage your faith. You remember there was a testimony that I shared last time where we said we wanted to buy a house and uh, we like this house first. And we told the house that you will not sell. Until the agent asked us, what's happening? I've been trying to sell this house. We said, we actually tied this house. It's not going to sell. She asked us to go. She says, now you got your house. Go and release that house. Tell you a day after we went to the gate and released that house, it solved the following day. That's experience, sense. So once we have experienced God, that's why I think God is not happy after we have experienced His goodness, for us to wallow in our misery and to doubt Him, and uh, He's not happy because He says, "But I've given you, up uh, besides faith, which I've given you as a gift. You need to trust Me now, because you have got a point of reference. You've got a CV of God, of how good God has been." Amen, saints. The third aspect that I want to talk about. Wow, this is a lovely one. Loyalty. God desires or God demands that we be loyal to him. I'll share a few scriptures. The first one is 2 Chronicles 16, verses 7 to 9. It says, In that time the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, because thou hast relied on the king of Syria and not relied on the Lord, thy God. Therefore is the worst of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not the Ethiopians, It doesn't it take us to trust again? Because this man had experienced God slaughtering the Ethiopians, right? So it takes us to trust and also peace. So the man probably had lost his peace because the man experiences if you look at verse 8, it says, were not the Ethiopians and the Lupins a huge host? They were huge. They were bigger than the Syrians. So the men, actually, this verse tells us that they had experienced God, right? So he had a point of reference. And it says, with very many chariots and horsemen. So probably they were a formidable army. They were more stronger. But God fought for them, right? So it's an issue of trust. But now we are talking about loyalty, right? Yet because thou didst not rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thy hand. Then I like this verse. I've always quoted it in my life. I love it. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the world to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect or loyal to him. So since God is, let's just take the word as it is, as in English when we did English. The eyes, they run. So if they run to and fro, it's 360 degrees, right? And he's looking for those who are loyal to him. So God demands loyalty. So this man actually was supposed to be loyal and he was supposed to be trusting of God because he actually had experienced God. But you know, human beings, we are creatures of habit. We tend to divert. And it doesn't, didn't please God. You've really trusted God and you've seen God come through for you, for your dads, for your children, for everything. Then the next thing you just decide, I'm going to trust in man. There is a scripture that says some they trust in chariots, some they trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Loyalty is defined as allegiance, support, faithfulness, or devotion to a person, group, cause, or a country. Trust is the reliance on integrity, strength. We know that God is a God of faithfulness. Actually, there is a scripture that I love, that I like to quote, ascribe greatness to the Lord the Rock. For he's a God of faithfulness without injustice, good and so God is a God of integrity. People may fail you. I mean, in my dealing with people and my dealing in the business world, I've learned that yes, God can bring networks, God, but I don't trust in people because I've been failed by people. I just say it did right now that when I do something in business, I try to avoid conditioning God and putting him in a box. That if God Blessed me via Brother Hermie. He will do it via Brother Hermie next time. I just allow God to be. It's so spectacular, it's lovely. I just allow God to be God. Because while while I'm thinking that is Brother Hermie, then it's, it's Sharin that God will use. And there is no telling who God will use. God uses people. But the most focused God doesn't want to put my eyes on Brother Hermie. He wants me to look to Him, whom He chooses as a vessel. It's up to him. So, loyalty is one of the most important issues. Number four, there was a scripture when I went through a rough time, you know, after i just been born again, just finished tertiary, things were not working for me. Most of my peers, got good jobs. They were driving nice cars, company cars, and all those kind of things. And it wasn't so with me. It was difficult. There is a scripture that I literally, I love the scripture. I quoted it with tears in my eyes. And this scripture is Job 13, verse 15. Job says, Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. I have never, no one has been into Job's situation. If you read graphically, you imagine, use your imagination, what Job actually went through. The man went through a lot. But it's, it's a scripture that we can actually look and say, So this is a man who was actually resolute, right? He was a man who was set on God. That's why God could boast about job. <laughs> Look, I don't want God to boast about me to such an extent that I'm inflicted with <laughs> a kind of. But God really, there is a scripture that says that you will not be tempted, tested beyond your ability. So a measure of my test is different from yours. You may be able to handle something that is bigger than what I can handle, something that can trust me, that can crush me. So God will deal with us differently. But in that, we need to grow from time to time. But in my past 28 years being a Christian, I've really experienced God. This God is good. I've failed him. I've fallen. I've done things that are not good in his sight. I've risen and tested him. Because there are scriptures like there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I rise up and dust myself again and say, my father loves me. Then there is a scripture again, Matthew 9, verses 18 to 26. You know, I will not read the whole scripture in the interest of time, but you know, it's the woman of the issue of blood. One of the things, verse 21, says, for she said within herself, she wasn't talking to anybody. That's somebody saying who is being resolute, right? She resolved, she was resolute. She says she didn't matter. You know, also when you read the word of God, read it within the context, go back to the Old Testament. This woman, according to the Jewish religion, she was a very dirty woman. An outcast, a thing that could not be touched. She was not even supposed to come closer to the clean rabbis and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But she comes to Jesus because, I mean, it's only her, science. I mean, if I've experienced suffering, it's only me who has experienced suffering. If you are not in my boat, you may never understand the desperation that I am. So it was only her, who was in that desperate situation, and she says within herself, if I touch, if I touch, the hem of his garment. And after that, Jesus actually felt virtue coming out of him. And she was healed instantly. God desires that to be resolved. But another one that I love again, it's uh, Luke 18, verses 38 to 40. It's talking about a man it actually says, it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside. And hearing the multitude pass, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by. And he cried, says, Jesus, thou son not David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him. So, these people that actually went, some of them were, were, were purported to be believers or they follow Jesus, a man is desperate, he's blind, and they are rebuking him. A lot of us, once, if we are rebuked, we'll give up, right? Imagine the throng of people following Jesus, and the man is crying, and others actually rebuked him. I mean, the man wants to be healed, and he's rebuked. How many times, even if it's not people, has the devil actually rebuked you and told you thoughts? When you are being resolute, okay. Let's put people aside. How many times have you been told that this is not doable? You can't do this. I mean, you even told by family, your parents, your grandfathers didn't do this. Who do you think you are? When I, I followed the career that I followed, a lot of people actually—not people have got opinions, right? I love the career that I'm doing. It's minister to me. I was told by a relative, "No, you can't get a job with this." You need to do nursing, you need to do teaching, you need to do... Yes, I've been a teacher. After college, I became a teacher. I enjoyed it for two years. But I was not wired to be a nurse. I can't be a nurse. I'm scared of injection. I'm just from doing a COVID test now. When that nurse put that thing in my nose, I'm just scared. So now he asked me to be a nurse. I was told it wasn't doable. But because I had heard God, or I believed I had heard God, I am where I am. And God has been good. Have I faced a lot of obstacles? Yes, definitely. I mean, if you are a child of God, opposition is part of the package. It's part of the menu. It's part of the ingredients. But you come out stronger. That's one thing that I love. Our God is a good God, saints. Amen? The fifth one. Value God's word. You cannot have faith without God's word. Because faith in itself hinges on the word of God. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we need to be people that take the word of God seriously. We are bombarded by a lot of things, a lot of news, A lot of Twitter, a lot of Facebook, a lot of Instagram. There's a lot of things that are going out in the world. And we are bombarded with a lot of news. And this news is ever-changing. But there's only one constant. It's the word of God. It is the word of God. If we read Psalm 119, verses 89 to 90. Forever, O Lord, your word is circled in heaven. There is one constant sense. It doesn't matter your situation. Don't look at your situation. Don't look at uh, what people say. It's his word. And if you look at all these attributes, they actually speak to each other. right? They tie and they link to each other. And then he goes on to say, Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth and it abides. I mean, imagine. The earth is abides. I mean, we, we don't know how it works. We are told by scientists that the earth is in motion. We are standing here. It's moving, but are we moving? We're not. We, but it's, it's moving. We are told it's moving. We see the sun rising. We see, I mean, if you look at Genesis, it's those ordinances that you have spoken, which proves to us, science. I mean, if you really don't know much of the word, just look at nature and how it looks at the operation. I mean, to me, yes, scientists explain, like I said, I love aviation. I continue to watch videos on aviation, How something that is uh, 30 tons and carries 400 people can beat gravity, I don't understand. They will tell you it's aerodynamics, but I don't understand. But it does. We see it close here, day in, day out. It's God who sustains everything. It's God who has created these laws. So he upholds all things. Okay, that's the next scripture actually. That says that he upholds all things by the word of his power. Then we go to Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12. He says, then the Lord said to me, you have seen well. For I am actually watching over my way to fulfill it. Since there is nothing that excites God like a child of God who speaks the word of God. Let's stop complaining. Let's stop whining. Let's stop taking offense. I mean, we're offended by minute things. Aunt Sharon was saying last time that, I mean, if I don't greet you, I'm, I'm focusing on worship. No, Sharon didn't greet me today. Focus on the word of God. Eat the word of God. Speak the word of God. View the word of God. Listen to the word of God. Getting the word of God. Inasmuch as there is a lot of nonsense out there, YouTube is full of the word of God. Spotify is full of the word of God. Google the word of God. You want a scripture, you can't remember a scripture, you Google it. Just Google it. Type a word, it will tell you. It's that easy. But we need to practice that. Amen. Then uh, Luke 5 verse 5. says, But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word. If you study the word of God and you know what happened, I'll just refresh your mind. Simon Peter had been fishing all night. And he was discouraged. It's more, apply it and put it in your situation. You've been toiling in your business. You've been working hard. Things are not working Things are not the budget doesn't come together. Just like Simon, you are free to go to Jesus. Says Master, I've told, I work hard. You are even allowed. I mean, not without, um, not in the sense of feeling entitled, but you are allowed to say, "But Father, I'm even obedient. I tithe," without feeling entitled. Obviously, I'm talking from not from feeling entitled because there is that sense of feeling entitled to say because I've tithe, God must understand but you're allowed to quote his word. And, but Peter says, even though it was difficult, he says, we have told all night, but at your word. We should be people that are receptive to the word of God. To such an extent, I remember 2001, I was working in Pretoria for the Department of Justice. I left my job. I wanted to go into the private sector. I went to work for a certain company, a startup company which after four months folded. So I, I was sitting, I had a big project that I wanted to do. And I was sitting with my friends, and uh, a voice came, and I, he told me to go to my previous boss. I stood up, we, we were sitting in the office in Pretoria with my friends, they were running a college. I stood, I went to the Department of Justice and spoke to this lady. And I said, Do you have a job for me? She gave me a form and said, I'm going to start you as a temp. She gave me a form. I signed it, I was employed there and there. At your word. So we need to be people that are sensitive to the word of God. In the midst of your situation, in the midst of your trouble, be sensitive to that word of God. Don't let fear and pain be the noise that causes you not to hear the word of God. We really need to listen to the word of God. Then also the story about, we know this issue of the making of wine. I mean, a lot of us might be taking wine. There's a few of us might be taking wine. They say it's good for the heart. I've never really tested it. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, the issue of wine. Jesus' mother says, actually, John 2, verse 5, he says, his mother said to his servants, whatever he says, do it. Whatever he says, do it. All the scriptures say there are a lot of scriptures. All this talk about people that valued God's word. Now imagine if they said, "This woman is mad." Water, gallons, wine. How to? Where is the question? It doesn't because a lot of people, I mean, use logic, especially educated educated people. We can be troublesome because we use logic a lot. If you are educated, please put your logic aside and just go with God's word. It works. My profession works where it's supposed to work. But when it comes to the things of God, I don't need to understand or fathom anything. If God says it, it's his word. Education aside, intelligence aside, emotions aside. So he says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. I suppose during Jesus' time, there were people... because. I mean, Israel, like, to now, they are one of the most educated people in the world. I suppose there were doctors and there were people that were, were very educated. But they had come to the end of themselves. The last thing, 2 Kings 13 verses 18 to 19. Then he said, that's Elisha, right? He was about, he was sick and he was about to die. He says, take the arrows and the king took them. Elisha told him, strike the ground. He struck it three times and stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed. I've always wondered, why was Elisha angry? I mean, the man, he asked the man to strike the ground. The man struck. strike the ground. Why would you be angry at me for striking the ground three times? But if you read commentaries, It actually talks about this ported on the arrogance of the king. It ported on the disobedience of the king. And he actually did not trust or have faith. You know, how can you say I strike the ground? I'm supposed to attack the enemies. I'm striking the ground. How does it work? It goes again to the issue of being intelligent and trying to understand things with our mind. Since God is infinite, our minds are Finite. They can only come up until a certain. There is a time where you need to let go and let God. Amen. Actually, I just wrote here this brought out on obedience, which means compliance to an order. So, Elisha was actually angry because this person, you, you know, I mean, you would have seen his spiritual state, seen his emotional state. This man was doing this thing reluctantly. So, that's why the king was. Another thing, he was not relentless. And the word relentless means showing, promising, no abatement of severity, intensity, strength, or pace. So even when he did it, Joshua actually when he did the prophet's bidding, he did it without zeal or favor and in all probability without any earnest belief in the efficacy of what he was doing. He didn't believe what he was doing. This was... Surely, the case is evident from the fact that Elisha was angry with Josh for his insufficient and half hearted obedience. Science is either obedience or none. They can never be half hearted obedience. We can never have any excuse whenever it comes to the issues of faith and trust in God. It goes on to the issues that the prophet, the man of the house, has been speaking about. Guard your heart. It's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. Because you trust with your heart, right? When you trust somebody, you trust them with your heart, right? When we cry, we are broken hearted. They have really broken my heart. I trusted them. Oh, how I trusted them. It's an issue of the heart, right? Because they've really, I was loyal. Then some will say, if you want loyalty, get a dog because <laughs> that's what some will say. <laughs> but we're talking about loyalty. I've been loyal to him. I've been loyal to you. I've served you in the business, and uh, but you treat me like this. comes to the issue of your loyalty. I've been obedient to you. I've been resolute. Whatever I did, I did it with that tenacity of a bulldog. I did it with all my heart. I was loyal to you. I trusted. Which goes on to say that You can't do that. You can't be loyal to Nkosi. Nkosi will disappoint you. You can't really trust Nkosi fully. Nkosi will disappoint you. You can't really be resolute. Yes, to a certain extent. You know, they say trust. Once trust is broken, it's difficult to restore. So Nkosi has to try to be trustworthy. But I'm just saying I'm a human being. And you can't. But one man that we can trust fully is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He has never, I can, say, I'm talking for myself and allow me to be selfish, he has never failed me. He's never failed my family. I've lived with a number of you. I've been in this church for over 12 years now, 13 years. A lot of people have come to identifying causes, weaknesses, you know my weaknesses. But one thing is I trust Jesus. And he has never failed me. And as we do it together, We do it as families, we do it as individuals. All these attributes. It's not a complete list of the attributes. But these are the ones that I could identify from the word of God as I was preparing for this message. Saints, Thank you for being a wonderful audience. God bless.